Waltney, Waltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group Remax Results and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Saturday morning. It's Andy Brownell, News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And of course... Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results with us this morning. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. How are you? In the deep freeze. Yeah, well, January in Minnesota. Wah, wah. <laughs> end, end of January, Robin. It's, yeah, it is, January. It, it is almost over. It is almost over. February goes so quick, and the next thing you know, it's March, and we're going to be watching tulips. And daylight savings time will return. Yes. That's I think good. that's the part, well, other than the warmer temperatures, obviously, but that, that switch to more daylight in the evening, I always appreciate that. Me too. Me too. I do, I will not lie, I do work longer when it stays light longer, but I also just have more energy overall because there's more daylight. So yeah. it, all, it all works out. It's part of the deal, but we still live in uh, one of the best places to live in the nation. Uh-huh. And every time yes. you turn around, there's another study that proves that point. Okay, so to that point, I have found a very cool article about here is to the best state in America to raise a family in 2023. So I thought, oh my gosh, is it Minnesota? And I went on to read it, and it says the personal finance website Wallet Hub has crowned Massachusetts the best place to raise a family. But... The Bay State was followed by a close second by Minnesota. So there you go. Second best state to raise a family in America. So if you live along the East Coast, everybody said Massachusetts because they can't even imagine living in Minnesota. Coming to Minnesota. Everybody else said Minnesota. So... You know, the things that they talked about, and I guess I wouldn't relate these things in Massachusetts, but I'm sure it's, you know, not Boston area, but, you know, outer outer parts in the state. But they're talking about affordability. They're talking about um, a lot of employment. Well, I think there's a lot of employment pretty much everywhere now. Um, they're talking about safe schools, low crime, um, good child care. So I guess uh, activities for kids, all the things that are important to kids. But I I am not at all surprised that Minnesota ranked very high in that study. I mean, I'm so grateful to have raised my kids here. They didn't uh, list health care on there. You know what? They should have because then we probably would have been first. Yeah. It's been amazing to me just over the past two to three weeks, the number of people I have spoken to who have moved away from Minnesota because of the weather. And came back because of the health care. Yeah, exactly. They Where they were at down south, obviously. Uh, different states down south, though. Well, they, I, uh, have, I were, have personal friends, yes. Absolutely. They still live in Florida, but they're back here right now going through Mayo Clinic. I'm like, they have no, they have a Mayo Clinic in Florida. What, what, what is the deal? But they're like, it's just not the same as coming home to the mothership. The mothership. <laughs> and, uh, on the education side of it, a good friend of mine uh, was in uh, the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. Not in Albuquerque, but nearby. And took the whole family, moved them north back to Minnesota where the kids got to be school age because he said the worst schools in Minnesota are better than the best schools in New Mexico. 
Wow. Yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, well, we, I think it's it's very true. I mean, we do have an excellent public school system, and, you know, we do have very healthy communities and, you know, for the most part, very safe. Our, our um, oh, especially when we're talking about Rochester, I mean, our crime rate is you know, considerably lower than a lot of places that you could live in a, of a city of 100,000 people. That's yes, sure. for sure. Anecdotally along that point, every single day, the police department and the sheriff's department give a briefing on anything of, you know, notable crimes, not, not your property damage hit and run sure. or, you know, yeah, sure. burglaries, robberies, assaults, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Three of the five days this past week, they had nothing to report. <laughs> Yay! That is good. That is good. That's almost unheard of. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Yeah, well, if that word gets out, we'll become the number one state. There ever. we go. Yeah, there we for go. sure. So, because you're just talking about health, this is kind of a weird transition, but one of the articles that I read for today's show was about radon testing. Oh. And... Um, we're seeing this came this report came directly from the Department of Health and it said that radon testing during home purchases rose by 40 percent in 2022 and so you might see that headline and think oh my gosh people have this new found fear of radon but actually that fear is not newfound it's just that in 2020 and 2021 you couldn't ask for a radon test even if you wanted it because the seller was not in a position to have to give you anything oh. because of the market being the way the market was. So it doesn't mean that those folks didn't test for radon after they moved in. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of a little bit skewed in the sense that, yes, you know, when you go down to the... Um, public health and you pick up the radon test kit and you say this is for a home purchase, right? Well, if the people have already bought the house and now they want to know what is our radon level, do we have to mitigate? Now they're just saying it's for our own personal use. Ooh. So anyway, I think that yes, it is a concern and people definitely do talk a lot about radon and it is real because it is the second um, leading cause in lung cancer, lung cancer, you know, behind cigarette smoking. So radon is real. How come I thought it was mandatory when a home got sold that had the testing? That's not the case, huh? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, it isn't at all. So, um, and I'm not going to say it isn't anywhere because I know that when you go up to the Twin Cities, I mean, I don't believe it's, it's mandatory anywhere. It definitely is not in Olmstead County, but up in the Twin Cities, there are certain ordinances for each city that they have to test for things just because it's a city. Oh, okay. So like the city of St. Paul, you have to test for certain things. In the city of Minneapolis, you have to test for certain things. But we don't have anything like that as of now in Rochester. I do know that our geology in this part of the world... Um Tends to lend lend a hand yep. to radon. Well, a bit a bit more decaying uranium in the soil than, mm -hmm. and also I think that our homes being closed up for so many months out of each year because of our colder correct. weather plays a role correct. in it as well. Yep, that is correct. That's why I but like my leaky home. 
you know what? The, there's something to be said about those old houses <laughs> where the, the, I mean, it might be a little bit more expensive to heat, and boy, that has been a hot button lately. I have seen so much on Facebook about our heat bill was twice as much this month as it was last month, and I mean, there's been a huge increase in all of that. So I had tough winter. My heating bill was the highest it's ever been, but was it? It didn't double or anything like that. Okay, but it, good. It creeped up to the highest it's ever been, but I, I more or less expected that because the price of natural gas had risen, and plus they tacked on that surcharge, right, for the Texas debacle when right. prices spiked. Yeah. You know. We are lucky this year because you know we are one of those um, patrons that uses propane and so what we always do is prepay before the winter comes upon us it's always a little bit of a gamble like oh geez do i prepay and then the prices drop or do i prepay and then they never rise at all during the season i just gave them my money all up front or do i prepay and save myself some money because halfway through the season the prices go up i'm pretty sure this year i definitely saved myself some money by prepaying I'm curious. I, so when you locked in that price for the whole year, so they do a delivery midwinter, you still get that locked in price? Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like I'll, I'll prepay for 3,000 gallons, say, up front. And, and I prepay for two houses because they're right next door to each other, right? My parents and mine, or my dad's and mine. Yeah. And anyway, when they come, they just fill them up and then they just send me, they leave me a receipt saying we just used 400 gallons of your prepay, you know, and now you have X number of gallons left and then when it's gone then they start delivering it at the market rate but i think i i did a pretty good estimate and i think i'll get through the winter with my prepay so that's good yeah well the people who are really hurting are the people of fuel oil yeah and thankfully there's not that many in minnesota who still you know use fuel oil that's mainly a right east coast phenomena but right we have to take a break already robin okay so we'll do that, take care of some business real quick, and come back with more of Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Save big money on your next project at Menards. America's Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group Remax Results and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome back. We're chatting with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, of course, because it's Saturday morning. And that's what we do. And uh, as always, Robin, there is a lot of discussion wherever you go, uh, where government leaders gather, St. Paul, Rochester City Hall, wherever it may be about affordable housing. Yes, for sure. There is definitely a need for it. And, um, you know, I think we, I don't know if we did talk about this, but I was looking at a, eh, maybe I talked about last week, I was looking at a rental chart that in 1988, the average rent in Minnesota was $350 a month. And now it's 1450 I think. Oh, so gosh. gone up by 1100 Now, 88 was a while ago, let's face it. Uh, yeah. Make more money, all of that. But the bottom line is, is that, 
rent initially was an option for people who couldn't afford to own, right? It's like, okay, if you can't afford to own a home, you can always just rent one from somebody else. But rent has gotten so high that it's not that much more affordable, sometimes not more affordable at all than owning a home. So it's kind of become an epidemic. We have to have places for people to live where they can afford to be there. I mean, we have to have shelter. Let's face it. It's pretty important. Especially when it's 10 below zero. The um, the rental, oh, renting homes, I've seen some of the rental prices for homes that the monthly charge is higher than what you would have paid for a mortgage payment. Right. And for we, that same we, home. Right. But we just talked about like that price of heating and stuff. A lot of times renters do qualify for things like heat assistance True. and, you know, things like that. So sometimes maybe they do catch a break on some of that. But honestly, renting is not that um, affordable now either. So it has become a big problem. I mean, huge problem. And here we are, the second best state to raise a family. Well, doggone it, we got to be able to comfortably afford a home then, right? And I, I think part of the issue too, Robin, is what is affordable? Yes, right. How do you and define affordable? There, well, there is there is a there is a formula, and it's a certain percentage of the you know um, regional income or yeah, sure. They, they have a formula to figure it out. I, I I should know that, but I don't. Not off the top of my head. But I will say that NAR, the National Association of Realtor, really realtors really does get involved in this because of course we sell houses i mean this is a top priority and so they work closely with the white house they work closely with congress they work closely with the different states government to try to really educate people about what is available because there are a lot of programs out there like um, down payment assistance and things that are you know backed by the government where you can literally get a loan for a house and get your down payment assistance granted to you okay as long as you live in that house for so many years you never have to pay it back so those are the kind of things that right now the national association is saying realtors we have got to educate these people we have to help people understand that there are some avenues to affordable housing that do exist already of course in the meantime we have to increase more you know this is a huge problem and we have to have more more ways to obtain affordable housing but there are some options out there and we need to educate consumers so that they're aware of them but isn't it true that the real crux of the problem is it's supply and demand there's just not enough supply absolutely absolutely that's the problem and and that's why when people say oh my gosh is the housing is it a bubble is the housing um what am i trying to say the housing market is the housing market going to crash is the bottom going to fall out and no you know we have a very low supply of inventory even though houses are sitting on the market now two months maybe three months it doesn't mean that we have an abundance of of homes because we clearly do not we are less than 25 percent of what we had back in 2008 when the market did crash yeah so, no, there's, there's, there's definitely still a supply problem when it comes to housing. And that's a multifaceted issue. I, when Steve Borkart was running the Rochester Area Foundation, I had quite a few chats with him because he was really focused on this issue particularly. And, yes, yes, he and, was. 
And he said so much of it is, and you've used the term before, the churn in the marketplace, that because there aren't a lot of affordable options for people who are aging to get out of their homes, they're staying in those homes a lot longer. And it used to be those homes would open up and be the next home for the young family, which would free up that beginner home. But now everything's kind of just stuck in place and people... It's not the same type of activity it was 20 years ago as far as people moving from one residence to another, depending on the phase of life that they're in. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense because that's what happens is then people sit there and and we're going to see that problem with this whole interest rate thing too because what has happened is most homeowners refinanced over the last four years. Okay, uh, first when it came down to five, and then oh my gosh, now it's four, and now it's three, and now it's in the twos. So now those people are all locked in for the next 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 years, right? And so it's even though they're bursting oh, sure. at the seams in their houses, it's going to be tough to say, well, it is time to get that bigger house. I'm just going to have to swallow it and give up my rate that I'm locked in at less than 3% and locked now at 5.8 or whatever. But in the whole scheme of things, it will work itself out. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I don't know if when you have, you know, as you said, bursting at the seams, <laughs> if they actually did the math and worked it out of and actually sat down and talked to somebody like you, Robin, and, and went through the process, they might realize that that interest rate increase is not as big of an obstacle as they thought it was. Exactly. And there's there's options out there. I literally just had a closing yesterday, and the people moved, they sold their $300,000 home, and they moved into a $650,000 home. And it was a tough decision for them because they had refinanced, and they were at 3%. And the rates at the time they locked in 30 days ago were kind of at the highest, right? And so they were just like, oh my gosh. So instead of asking that seller to reduce their price by anything, we asked the seller to pay $15,000 toward a 2-1 buy down. And so at the closing table, I asked the lender, how much did this help my buyers? Well, it decreased their mortgage payment by $569 a month for the first two years of the loan, okay? Yeah, so that's a bit of change. It's a, it's a really nice change. And they're hoping that by the end of those two years, the rate will have dropped, which it will because it already has since the time they locked in, and that they can just refinance and then... Sure. In their payments won't be $569 less, but even if they go up by a couple hundred bucks, that's better than jumping up by the whole 569 So, you know, they use their brains, but they had they have four children, and they were living in a one-bath house, and they're like, okay, <laughs> the payment's really nice and affordable, but life is kind of tough. Oh, so they, they moved into a five-bed, four-bath house, and they are just so excited. So oh. it's fun. I love that part of my job. The mornings are a lot less stressful for them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, starting this morning, this was their very first morning. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, we have to take another break, Robin. So we're going to run, be right back in a moment with more Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax results on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340.
1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS 37. With Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk. 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. It's Saturday morning. We're chatting with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. And uh, we've been talking about affordable housing. Yes, and so what I wanted to talk about was what a lot of people, so so we're getting, I feel like we're really getting away from shoving our parents into nursing homes, and people are trying to bring their parents in, that doesn't always work because, you know, there's that whole boundaries and privacy and getting in your space, so these accessory dwelling units are becoming a rage. Not so much here yet, but we are definitely going to see them start to come into our market, but other parts in the country, and they're putting these little, basically, I want to say playhouse for adults, for a lack of a better words, but they're little houses. They're small units either attached to your home or freestanding unit on your property. And I mean, they are just a great option to put an elderly parent or maybe an adult child that hasn't quite left, but you know, rather than in the basement, you rent them a little uh, accessory dwelling unit in the backyard. So everybody has their own space. Yeah, and they, they, I mean, they're self-contained homes. They've got a kitchen and a bedroom and a bathroom and a living area. And a lot of people actually in other states will put these on, like say if it's a, they live near a medical school or a college, they'll put them in their backyard and then use them as a rental right on their own property to help pay for their payment on their property. Oh, sure. I can see that. Yeah, so these, I mean, they can add value to your home. Sometimes they can add as much as 35% value, and they're really not that expensive to buy. So I think this is something just watch, but I think this is something we're going to start to see. You know, the biggest problem is always zoning, and, you know, what do the neighbors think about that? And that's just something new, and we haven't done that here yet. It's always hard when you start doing it for the first time. But... I believe that we're going to start seeing more and more of that. I do know that part of the new zoning code that we have for the city of Rochester, that changes were made to make it easier to put those on yes. property. Yes, yeah. I don't know and the details, you, but if I you do go know to Arizona, part. if you go to Arizona, like a lot of people have what they call their guest house, right? And it's basically exactly that. It's just a small little house that sits on their property that when they have company like we like you, we'll invite you over but not in our house. <laughs> go, <laughs> go out there. <laughs> We're going to do our thing for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I wanted to bring something else up. It's a way off topic, but um, I like to look for fun articles that might be human interest stories that pertain to real estate. So we're not always just talking about the interest rate and the same things over and over each week. So just in case anybody's out there listening and you've thought about getting into the very... Um, seems like money-making venture of when uh, wedding venues you know it's like a big deal these oh, wedding yeah. venues you know destination wedding places well in mayor minnesota there is a place called the ashery lane farm and it is 64 acres and it's I think pretty cheap. It's five million five hundred and forty-five thousand. And looking at the pictures, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It has like two great big buildings, 
um, like barn type buildings. And I guess one is where you have the wedding reception. The other one's probably where you have, you know, there's probably rooms for the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and all that kind of a thing. But this orchard has 12,000 apple trees um, with several varieties of apples. Plus it has a big vine vineyard. So, I mean, lots of ways to make money with this property between oh. selling grapes, selling apples and hosting, um, weddings or parties or whatever you have seems to me like this could be a great business venture for someone so again it's called the ashery lane farm and it is just located outside of the twin cities metro area in mayor minnesota well but i'd share that considering how much they charge to rent these venues right i right. think you'd make your money back pretty quickly i'm telling you <laughs> so um okay so i don't have any orchards for sale, but I do have some land for sale that I would like to plug. Oh. You know, we market that Sally Hill subdivision yes. um, out on the northeast side of town, and there are still some very, very beautiful lots left out there. And actually, we have a couple that people purchased and then decided not to build. I think, you know, they got a little scared off in the last couple of years when building prices went up, but things are settling down again. So there are some nice lots out there. We have one that just backs up right to the river, and that one is um, 360000 but it is absolutely a gorgeous lot. So I feel like that one is a two-acre lot, and um, or maybe a little four-acre lot, maybe. And we've got a price range there anywhere from 160 all the way up to almost 400 so there's a big variety of lots out there so if you haven't driven through you know it's just off of um, well 75th Street would be the northern boundary and then Highway 63 or Broadway would be the East. Eastern boundary. boundary, right. And then my big sign is up there. And you can just drive in and drive around. And there's a location map. But we also have a website. And it's sallyhill.com. And it's S-A-L-L-E-Y hill.com and it'll show you the aerial views of all the lots that are available and it'll you know go through the prices it'll tell you which ones have been sold because several of them have been and which ones are still available but it's kind of a a little gem because a lot of times people start focusing on where can we find lots and they forget to come to that end of town and it's a beautiful beautiful place lots of um tr very very mature trees and you know it's not all flat it's it's hilly it's really pretty and the river runs through it so do check out sally hill i like it because you're you have that really suburban living and you're like right there i mean the city is you take a right, right turn and you're in town or if you want to head over to lake city it's like boom you're there in 30 minutes or if you want to jump on 75th and get on 52 to head up to the cities it's actually a really conveniently located neighborhood and the high school for that neighborhood is century high school and yeah it's it's a nice family place and i think like i said a lot of people aren't even aware of it so definitely if you have friends that are looking for lots to build or if you're personally looking for a lot to build check out sally hill all right we're out of time already robin there you go all right well we'll talk next week i'll have a lot of more fun stuff to talk okay about. and if you want to talk to robin about anything dealing with real estate how do they get a hold of you absolutely 
absolutely. Please call me on my cell phone at 507-259-4926. I would love to help. All right. Until next week, Robin, thank you so much. Absolutely. Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results here on News Talk 1340 KR. This is News Talk 1340.